This is the audit room on Clubhouse. I am your co-host and moderator, Trent Russell, also founder of Green Skies Analytics. If you have the tool in place, but you're still not getting the ROI on your internal audit analytics, that's what we help fix, so as well as automating the actual testing part of Socks. We are live in the audit room every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. That's 11 a.m. Chicago time. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Tracy Marquardt. Hi, this is Tracy, Europe's leading audit communication consultant, and I work with global internal audit teams to help them improve their communication, which helps with leadership and productivity. So there's a real kind of uh, follow on effect when we focus on our communication. Fresh off a couple of speaking gigs last week, which is awesome at the IIA All-Star Conference and um, the ARC Institute conference in Germany. And then there are two more upcoming next week. So stay tuned and hear more about that. And I would like to uh, welcome Stephen to the stage. Stephen Coppolino, he's here to talk about the marriage of audit and Six Sigma. And Stephen, do you want to give us a, a little intro? Sure. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, so good afternoon. Uh, my name is Steve Coppolino. I'm a director at Cross Country Consulting. Um, with Cross Country, I, I'm focused on risk and compliance, specifically SOX implementation efforts, internal audit co-sourcing, um, outsourcing and QAR. And I've spent my career supporting organizations with audit and large scale risk and financial management. Uh, most recently, I was working with an audit regulator, an auditing regulator, uh, as the owner of their internal controls or financial reporting group working on SOX execution and financial risk management, um, specifically focusing around SOX transformation efforts. Um, prior to there, I spent a lot of time um, with big four organizations working in audits, financial risk management, financial transformation efforts within the federal government and also with not-for-profit clients. Um, I'm always supported by my loving wife and two children. They actually really want to listen to the replay from today. So I told them maybe we could do it around bedtime because I don't know how excited my my five-year-old and my four-year-old will be around uh, this topic, but, but we'll give it a shot. And um, also, I've been really lucky. Uh, I've been an adjunct professor at George Washington University since 2009, and I've been instructing students in audit and financial accounting courses. So I'm really excited to be with you guys today and talk about this topic. Uh, Tracy, thank you so much for suggesting it because um, I was really sitting down and, and thinking about it and how much, you know, Lean Six Sigma has impacted my career since um, I had actually originally gotten my green belt back in, you know, the 2010 timeframe. Well, we're super excited about the topic. I think, you know, it's not one that comes up that often with audit and maybe it, maybe it should, maybe we should you know, bring it to the forefront of everyone's minds and see what can be created. Sounds great. So the extent, if I reached back into my brain, I would, I would say Six Sigma is manufacturing and limiting defects, but I'm sure there's significantly more than that. So if you could um, explain it significantly better than I just did and um, maybe and see what you can do in maybe 60 seconds or so. Sure. I I'll definitely try and I, and I appreciate the challenge. I'm really not the best in brevity, but I'll do my best. Um, you know, there's a, I would say to find, I'm not going to take credit for this definition because I, I feel like that would do a disservice to where it came from. Um, I did find it online. Uh, but when you look at lean, when you look at Six Sigma, a lot of times you're talking now about lean Six Sigma. Um, and there really are two individual processes. You have a lean 
which is reducing waste by reorganizing processes and exposing those sources of waste. And then you have Six Sigma, and that's reducing defects or errors by solving problems in sort of that iterative, continuous process manner. Um, when you put them together, uh, like Voltron, right, you get Lean Six Sigma, uh, and that's reducing waste and solving problems to become more efficient and effective. Um, so that's kind of the overall definition. I like to look at it as really sitting back and saying, not to always do things the way they've always been, but how do you challenge it in a scientific way um, with sort of a structure and a framework to make that improvement? I'm just going to jump in real quick and say that I think that is what internal audit um, needs and is getting. The snowball is going right now on innovation and audit, and this is a structured way, and I'm real excited to hear what comes next. Yeah, we're talking lean and six sigma. What is the one thing? And I know we'll we'll get into the details a little bit as we continue the conversation. But if there was if there was one takeaway, if there was one thing that the listeners could go back to and go, okay, I can do this. This is the the one thing uh, from these concepts that is going to give me the biggest results. What would that be? Like, what could we actually do and implement to get the biggest results? You know, you know, Trent, I, I would say the, the one thing to maybe take away is that, you know, there's, there's obviously a methodology and there's a structure behind Lean Six Sigma. And, and I think that's incredibly important, but I think it's also really important just to understand and maybe take away the spirit of it. And when you take a look at your, your internal audit engagements, how you can implement some of that spirit around, um, you know, making things a little bit more effective and efficient in not only how you execute your management of your projects, but also how you actually deliver and that actual execution. So if the one thing I would say that, that you should really apply is this spirit of, you know, being more efficient, looking things, looking at things differently, and then really shaping educated recommendations to help improve an organization. And what do you think, other than yourself, and um, I think Tim, Tim Parishon is also um, Six Sigma certified, why do you think there's not as many seemingly internal audit folks that have that certification? And since most seemingly, again, don't, do you think it would be worth bringing someone in to even consult on that? So I think that's a really good question. And, and I wish I would have done a poll on LinkedIn before we before we had today's call. Um, you know, what, what I think is, you know, Lean Six Sigma was, was really popular, um, you know, in the in the 2010s. And I think around that time, I mean, the concept of Lean Six Sigma was generated out of a book back in 2001, which brought the two concepts together. It became a hot topic for a while. There was a real blend between project management and Lean Six Sigma, and they went really closely together. And, and a lot of folks were trained in this and, and our clients were asking for it. Um, but I think like most things, right, um, the structure's kind of broken down a little bit and it's gone away. Um, you know, everybody was really disciplined up front. And now I think a lot of folks have cherry picked um, and taken bits and pieces of that and factor that into how they execute their current projects. Um, also, I think that the disciplines, maybe, you know, between audit and Six Sigma are kind of far apart in some ways organizationally. Um, I think in a lot of organizations, you have your 
Lean Six Sigma, business transformation type activities, and you have your internal audit functions. And they're not all, always working together. Um, I think that's definitely an a missed opportunity. Uh, there's definitely opportunities there. Um, but I think that's definitely part of it. And you know, the second part of your question was, would it be a good idea to consider bringing somebody in? I, I think, yeah, I'm such a fan of cross-discipline teams uh, where it's appropriate and providing that new perspective, especially around problem solving. Um, you know, I think there's, just as an example, right? Like there's, we're all familiar obviously with interviews as auditors and there's a concept or a tool, right? That's part of the, the Lean Six Sigma methodology um, that is called the voice of the customer. And that's going to be one part of the, the overall framework. It's in this defined portion. And um, it's something that was initially created for this internal and external production, understanding what the customer needs are, uh, and then delivering on those needs. But it's just a communication tool, right? Thinking about, you know, two separate veins of, of the voice of the customer, getting their requirements to execute, and then also conducting interviews, having individuals that understand how to ask the right questions and, and go about interviews, I think are critical. So when you think about the voice of the customer, you think about, you know, who am I going to ask questions to? What am I going to ask them? How am I going to ask it? And what am I going to do with those results? And I think that's so foundational to our role as internal auditors that having individuals with those skill sets on the team in that function would be um, a great asset. Obviously, there's others as well, which, you know, there's the data analytics side, there's the measurement side, but I think at the very foundation, just understanding, you know, how to define requirements and how to execute on a project is, is critical. Perfect. And I definitely want to talk about the analytics side of that uh, later, but to, um, for Tracy's sake, maybe as the communications expert, you're talking about voice of the customer, which I think is, is very interesting. Are there other areas where the communication is enhanced through following this methodology? I think so. I, I, I think that, you know, so if you look at Lean Six Sigma as a, as a tool, Right. And if you look at it as, you know, when we talk the marriage, and I think maybe taking a step back, you're talking about the marriage between Six Sigma and audit. It really kind of stems out of the, the overall Lean Six Sigma, the methodology that, that set up the model. The model is called Demaic, um, and it has, you know, six or five processes within it and five steps. And they really do relate to kind of the audit approach. So you have, you start with define. Um, so defining goals and processes, that's very synonymous with our planning, um, measuring, um, aspects of a project and collecting data. That's our testing, looking at analyzing data for cause and effect relationships, understanding of the, why the root cause that's recording, understanding, and documenting our findings and results. When you get into improve or optimizing, you know, looking at, looking at analytics, identifying where results are isolated or systemic in nature where trends can exist, that kind of supports that observation and recommendation and then control, which is that continuous follow-up and that, you know, following up on deficiencies and remediation. What this does is it gives you a, a big picture and it gives you a lot of information. So you'll get information. And I think that can really help from a communication side, add value back to our, our clients or customers or management 
when you start not only looking at you know compliance aspects, but you start going into how do we reduce errors? How do we eliminate waste? How do our observations and recommendations then start to shape in a way where they can add value to the business as a whole? And then delivering that message, I think, has a bigger organizational impact than maybe just looking at, you know, compliance or um, accuracy of financials, et cetera. I think it has more of a broad, a broad impact. And I think that really helps facilitate who the audience could be and what they can do with the information. Can I just jump in about the communication? I'm wondering, as you talk about, you know, defining the goals and the process, which is the planning and the testing analysis, improving, um, is there a typical frequency of, of communication? Because I know, you know, there's the, the normal audit process where communication to top levels might be less frequent, and then you can have sort of agile or more dynamic audit with iterations where you have more frequent contact with senior stakeholders and issue a, a report more often. Does it matter with the Six Sigma methodology layered over? So I, I don't I don't believe it, it has that much of an impact. I look at Six Sigma as, as a tool set. Um, you know, Six Sigma can be defined as a couple of things. Um, it's a metric, right? So Six Sigma means, you know, almost your errors. It's a methodology and it's a philosophy. Um, I think that it when we look at Six Sigma as a tool set for an engagement or, or how to look at a problem and how to solve a problem. The, the part about it that I, I do love is this iterative process. So if there's a problem, we tweak one thing and we see what the results are. That communication, that change, that continuous improvement methodology, I think does carry forward into, honestly, into like an, an agile an agile process. I wasn't thinking of the two together, but the agile communication structure, I think does fit well with this. Okay, super, thanks. Yeah, I was I was thinking agile also because of the, the amount of attention that it's getting, even on uh, the audit podcast today, we had Raven Catlin that was talking um, agile. So I think it would be interesting to, to, I don't know, marry those two up or these two up uh, along with some other frameworks and see if we could, you know, like you said earlier, Stephen, pick and choose maybe the best parts uh, and overlay that within the, the overall internal audit methodology. But um, I'm curious about, and, and, and this really came from thinking about the, the relationship with agile and the certifications in Agile and the certifications within Six Sigma. Um, what is that? Because I feel like people are going to listen and go, oh, yeah, let me go check that out. That sounds great. Let me go check it out. What's that process to get certified? And what are the, I'm sorry, in addition to that, I know you mentioned Greenbelt. So could you kind of expand on what that means as well? Yeah. So um, Six Sigma has certifications kind of like a karate class, right? It starts with, um, you know, green belt and works its way up to black belt. Um, and so it goes like white belt, green belt, black belt, and then like master black belt. Um, and, and the concept is really related to the mastery of the concepts and how the concepts have been applied. Um, you know, to go to the, the intro levels or the, or the, the initial levels of, of certification, it's understanding the concepts and then to move up in the certification level, it's um, demonstrating the application of the frameworks in, in a project and executing it in a project. So 
you know, understanding, let's say the domain and how you applied it into a project and what the results were and almost having use cases then, or case studies, if you will, to go back to, you know, take on the next level. Um, and it works very similarly to, um, you know, a, a master black belt can make other black belts, can make other green belts. They're the ones who initiate the trainings. Um, and they're the ones who are reviewing the projects and signing off on that. The same way, you know, a CPA would sign off and demonstrate that somebody has had two years of audit experience before they could be licensed as a CPA. Um, there are organizations that do offer Lean Six Sigma training. Um, and I don't have them um, off the top of my head here, but they their certifications are out there. Um, and a lot of companies do offer it as well or used to offer it. I know I got mine through my, my company at the time. Um, that answers the, the question about where to find some of it. No, that's perfect. Um, and I'm also, so you mentioned science, the science of this earlier, which is intriguing to me. And then of course you mentioned the analytics, which is even more intriguing to me. So where does, where does analytics and the science of this fit in relative to an audit? So looking at, you know, I think to, to take a step into Six Sigma, it really is a, a measurement based activity, right? The concept of it is to define a problem, to measure a control, to make a change and see what the impact is. So it's very scientific and you know, the scientific method we all grew up in elementary school with, right? The, you know, you make a hypothesis and then you prove it and you come up with a conclusion um, and you test it. It's, it's similar in nature, right? It's set up to understand um, what happens if we make changes and how that reduces the errors that, that flow through. Um, on the lean side, the lean side really is in that visualization portion. So I think you you kind of get analytics from both sides by looking at like a Lean Six Sigma methodology. You have on the lean side, understanding a process flow, but then overlaying that process flow, let's say with time in each step. And then how do you look at, you know, how much time is spent in each L, in each phase of a process? Is it most efficient? Um, and understanding that that metric and calculation, and then displaying that for for ways that could be understood and decisions could be made, and also highlighting areas of waste. If you look at, <clears throat> excuse me, if you look at um, another level of it, right? It's it's taking a look at your um, so let's look at the same process map, right? And let's say you're able to take data that's coming from transactions that are flowing through from an approval process. Um, or maybe they're going through a different process than you would be expecting. Um, that's a great analytic to show, right? You're able to, you're able to kind of do that process mining and be able to understand, okay, so these may look to be non-compliant transactions, but actually these are all following an alternate path. And maybe there's two different controls that we need to apply here because the transactions are not similar. So I think they, being able to understand those things together, you know, analytics is just a huge part of being able to identify, quantify, and, and, and present the results. So it almost sounds like a combination of continuous monitoring or auditing, however you want to put it, as well as process mining. Does that seem right? In those examples, yes, absolutely. And I think that's the, that's what I love about it. Um, when I was really thinking about this and, and, and got kind of got excited about the topic and was where the two go together. And I think it, it is in this continuous improvement, um, understanding processes, understanding 
you know, what's truly in, in a process and, and how, you know, what the outputs are supposed to look like, what do they look like and how that can be applied to how we look at our audit areas. And one of the tools for it is, um, which you guys are probably aware, it's a SIPOC, which is like suppliers, inputs, process, outputs, customers. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be made for kind of supply chain, but you can apply that to, you know, any process that we look at. You know, what are the inputs of a process? Where is the source data coming from? What are those inputs? How is it being processed through a, a system? Um, what are the outputs are? And then where does that data go? And taking then a step further, where are the controls in that process? So I feel like you can really layer the Six Sigma as a tool to function in what we're already doing in a sort of a structured way, in an organized way. So I'd be kind of broad. Is there is there like an maybe an audit of a, a given area <clears throat> where Six Sigma lean makes the most sense or can have maybe the biggest impact? Because what I what I could maybe see happening is someone running with this, piloting it on a, a given audit of a given area, and then going, yeah, it didn't really work that great. Is there like a, a like a sweet spot? Like when I when I talk about analytics, I'm always like P card data is usually really good. Start with P cards. It's a great spot to start. Sure. I, I actually like using my, my initial thought from an execution side um, would be around um, like approval trains and approval chains and, and understanding kind of how that process goes through, um, you know, being able to identify, do maybe redundancy in a process? Um, you know, are we going through too many levels of controls? Do transactions take too long to process? Um, so operationally, you can see sometimes like, hey, are we taking too long to pay a vendor because we're going through six levels of review? Um, from a control perspective and an audit perspective, and making sure those transactions are flowing through the right process. And then from a recommendations, continuous improvement perspective, do we have the right people in place along that business process to be efficient? Um, I think that may be a good kind of simple use case for this. Yeah, I love that example because a lot of times we see that with with approvals when we're doing analytics around it, and you can see someone has to approve like it was I forget how many, but on average it was like seventeen uh, transactions a day. Again, this is like P card stuff, and it's like, are you really looking at seventeen uh, you know transactions a day and, and really giving it the due diligence? Like, of course not. I, I don't have time to do that, and so. Um, that one is always kind of interesting that and how long it takes to approve a transaction like you're talking about. So I think that's a, a great place to start for a couple different methodologies, but. And then I think, you know, on the kind of the management side, the engagement side, um, you know, understanding, you know, are you properly staffed? You know, do you have, I mean, you look at a lean perspective, right? Are you, where can you eliminate waste in your own execution, right? How are you managing your, your project? How are you, um, are you efficient and effective in what you're delivering and how you're delivering it? Um, see, going back to the communication front, right? Are you, are you providing the right deliverable? Do you have a good understanding of what's being asked of you? So that way, what you're delivering is most effective um, by having that communication up front. Now that's absolutely key. You know, you, you've got to have that communication up front or you could be just wasting weeks of effort. So critical. Right. And then you deliver the product and they're like, this isn't what I wanted. And you're like, oh, exactly. man. <laughs>
I think the note about bringing like almost doing uh, an assessment of the audit department, I think that would be as if I was an audit leader, maybe something I'd be most interested in and in bringing that in and seeing where we could gain efficiencies, especially if we've made a change from traditional audit approach to agile or something and saying, let's, you know, let's kind of see what's going on here. And if we can be even, even more efficient. So I, I personally, I like that idea of, of bringing someone in and going, Hey, look at us internally. I don't think we look internally um, enough and we're, we're focused on our external clients when really if we just turned around and audited ourselves, we'd probably find some areas of improvement, but um, I will, uh, I'll close this out. I'll throw it to Tracy and Steven, if you want to leave us with some, some closing words, that would be great. Uh, again, this is the audit room on clubhouse. We are live every Tuesday at 11 AM central standard time. That's 11 AM Chicago time. I am your co-host and moderator, Trent Russell, founder of green skies analytics, your go-to place for all things, internal audit analytics. So go Google green skies analytics, Tracy. Thank you so much, Trent, and thank you, Steve, for being here and explaining um, how all this works with the Six Sigma and audit. I think it's a really interesting topic, and hopefully we can revisit again um, next year and see how we can develop those concepts a little bit more. Um, from my side, um, I'm speaking at two conferences next week, in case you're there, the German IIA conference and then the IIA conference for North Macedonia, of course, both on communication topics. And I'm going to have, I'm going to, I think it's going to be a LinkedIn Live next week for the very first time. I have something very new that uh, project that I'm going to announce. It is a massive confidential secret right now. So please stay tuned because by Thursday morning, we should have a LinkedIn event up ready to go for that. So I will hand it off to Steve now to close us out. Wow, that sounds exciting. <laughs> It's so totally that exciting. Really yeah, that sounds great. Uh, uh, thank you guys so much for having me. This was a really fun topic. Um, and, you know, I it's something I, I definitely enjoy talking through. So I, I really do appreciate it. Our pleasure.